Welcome to the Mind Over Matter podcast with Heather Hakes, where mindset is everything. Thank you for joining me for today's podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review. This podcast is designed to help open your awareness to the truth of who you are, a limitless being. You are worthy and deserving of an abundant and prosperous life. It's time to peel back the false beliefs and live the life you dream about. For additional resources or to contact me directly, please visit my website, heatherhakes.com. Welcome to episode number 583. In today's podcast, my guest is sharing with you how to clear your limiting beliefs to get you unstuck in life. We really deep dive so you understand what your subconscious mind is, what these limiting beliefs are, and here's the thing, wherever you're currently stuck, financially, relationship, happiness, fulfillment, work, any area of life, it's because you have a limiting belief which is like a weed in your mental garden. Today, you're gonna learn how to clear those and create the freedom you seek. Welcome to today's podcast interview. I brought on Lion Goodman. Lion, welcome. Thank you so much, Heather. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Yes, what I love about bringing guests on my podcast is, you know, I, I want, we all, I think, seek, like-minded people. And I believe we are talking very much the same language, same parallel subconscious mind, which we're going to dive into. Before we get started, please give listeners a background. Where do you live and what do you do? I live in Petaluma, California, and I'm called the subconscious pattern detective. I teach a methodology called the clear beliefs method of trauma-informed therapeutic coaching. I have over 600 graduates around the world in 45 countries. And it's a method for clearing the stuff that's in the way, out of the way. Well, and something you've shared, I think it was a tagline on your site, the idea of helping high achievers. So, you know, we really are talking to ambitious, driven individuals who want to become a super achiever that you say, kind of that idea of up-leveling, wanting more. Before we go there, and, and hopefully we can help listeners along this journey of getting, closing that quote gap, getting from where they are to where they want to be. But at a high level, if this is new to somebody, what is your subconscious mind? Oh, what is the subconscious mind? Well, sub just means below. So it means everything that's below your conscious awareness, which is pretty huge. It means all of your history that you're not remembering right now. It means all of your thoughts that you're not thinking right now and all the emotions you're not feeling right now. Everything that you've experienced in your whole life is stored in your mind, in your brain mind. Uh, and it is accessible and it functions even while you're not aware of it. So it's what drives most of your behavior. People say 95% of your behavior. Yeah. People say that you have 95% of the same thoughts every day that you had yesterday. And most of them aren't very useful. So it's right. it's all that stuff. You know what? I, um, I love Dr. Bruce Lipton because one, he makes this fun and light. And that guy is just this ball of energy. I got to meet him here at Gaia uh, near Boulder. But what Dr. Bruce Lipton says is our life, if people are like, well, how am I supposed to figure out what it is if it's below the surface? Dr. Bruce Lipton says your life is a printout of your subconscious programming. Pardon the interruption. If this content is resonating with you, please be sure to leave a five-star review. I want to offer you some additional resources. Visit my website, heatherhakes.com and sign up for my free video training on how to reprogram your subconscious mind. I also offer one-on-one -on -one coaching. I will help you create clarity and a roadmap so you can live the life you dream about. Best part, everything I teach, you can start implementing right now. 
To learn more and apply, visit heatherhakes.com. Now, back to regular programming. So whatever is coming easy for you or flowing, you have a program for that. Where you're struggling and efforting, you have a program not in alignment with that. So can we talk about the idea of even those early primitive years when the analytical mind isn't even formed and we're just taking in everything as fact? Sure. I'll give you a great example. Let's say an infant who's newly born uh, is in a crib and something wakes up and something feels wrong, like there's nobody around. And so she begins to whimper and nobody comes. And then she begins to cry and nobody comes. And then she starts screaming and somebody comes. And if that pattern repeats, the child will come to the conclusion that if I scream and make a big fuss, I'll be taken care of. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the early programs that can that a child can create. And you and I both know at least one adult who's still using that program, <laughs> who's, who's still operating on that basis that if I make a big fuss, I'll get my needs cared for. So that's an example of a program that's not verbal. It doesn't come from the verbal mind, as you said, doesn't come from the analytical mind. It's the basic programming of the human mind, of personality. So I say that beliefs are the infrastructure of the human mind. What I call beliefs, other people call paradigms or maps of meaning. There are lots of words for it. But it's the structure that we've created out of our experience. And that experience creates who we are, how we respond, what we think, what we feel. And on that note, beliefs are creating our reality, right? Yes. uh, And it's important to make a distinction here. Beliefs don't create external reality. They create internal reality. So my beliefs don't create this glass of water or or this computer. Uh, Somebody's beliefs did because they had the idea and everything begins with an idea. Mm -hmm. But my own experience, my beliefs are creating my experience and my interpretations. So I'm looking out through my beliefs, the world, and they operate as a filter so that if I believe life is hard, as I look through that filter, I'm seeing hard life everywhere. If I switch that out for a different filter and I see life as joy, then everywhere I look, I'm going to see joy. And not everywhere, obviously, because there's a lot of suffering in the world. But but that's the primary filter because we have tens of thousands of beliefs that we've accumulated in our lifetime. And at different times and different circumstances, different beliefs are stimulated to come up and grab control. And so that's what we're dealing with in the human psyche. I want to ask you something. I I had a conversation with a gentleman yesterday who was seeking coaching. He's stuck in multiple areas of life. And that's the term people use often. I feel stuck, right? But doing this work and doing this for so many years, I just pay attention to people's stories. And as an example, he's currently unemployed. So his story was there's a hundred applicants to every job and 90, 90 of them get spit out. And so he was just talking about limitation and not enough and scarcity. And, and so can we talk about the importance of pay attention to our story? Absolutely. Our stories or our narratives are the weaving we do of our past the weaving that we, uh, the weaving of our experience into a tapestry that we can then share with other people. So we are story-based animals. We do tell tell each other stories. We learn from stories. So those narratives are part of mind, and the story is basically a, a long sequence of beliefs that we put together, a string together, and say this is what reality is. This is what 
who I am. This is who you are. This is what those other people are. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a long, uh, it's just part of our human nature, this, this telling of stories. Um, there's somebody close to me who often says the phrase, the sky is the limit. But he's thinking like, that's a big, great thing. And so I've corrected him and said, the sky is not the limit. Your belief system is. Beautifully said. Yeah. So on that note, since we're talking so heavily about beliefs and beliefs are are, um, what's kind of creating our perception and perceptions creating reality, how can we change our beliefs to change our circumstances? So how can we change our beliefs? That is the prime directive of my life. (laughs) because. Uh, throughout my life, I was a self-developer, like you mentioned you were. I took over 100 workshops and trainings trying to fix myself because I believed at the core there was something wrong with me. Mm. It was weird. I was different. I didn't, you know, I wasn't like other people. So I thought if I could fix that, then I would be like other people. And fortunately, I never became like other people. <laughs> I became more like myself. <laughs> and that's what this kind of work does for you is you become more and more yourself. So. All during that time of taking all those workshops, what I found was that most of the time, the effect didn't last very long. I felt better for a day or two or maybe a week or two, but then I was back to my old patterns, my old self, the same thing over and over again. Every once in a while, something shifted profoundly and permanently for me. I was a different person on the other side of that thing that happened. And so that got me curious. And as I have a scientific mind, I began saying, what do those things have in common? And what I realized is that they all had beliefs in common, that there was a change of belief. Now, my favorite example is when I was doing psychotherapy as a young man, um, that I suddenly realized it's not my mother's fault. (laughs) That was a belief that I had held as a teenager and suddenly realized, oh, I can't keep blaming my mother for my my condition in life. It's got to be my responsibility. So that was the kind of big shift that really changes your perspective on life. And so I tried lots of different belief change methods, because if that was the key, that's what I wanted. And again, most of them had temporary or partial results. And but every once in a while, there was something big that happened that shifted a, a major belief, a core belief, and I was seeing out of different eyes. And mm-hmm. so I said, okay, what do those have in common? And what they had in common was that they were multidimensional in nature, that it wasn't just a mental change. It wasn't just an idea change. It was actually a complete shift of physical, intellectual, emotional, spiritual, energetic, relational. It, it, it covered all parts of me. And so that was my big breakthrough, is that beliefs are multidimensional constructs. They're not mental constructs. And to change a multidimensional belief, which came out of a multidimensional experience, you have to use a multidimensional method to change them so that they change completely and profoundly. And that's what the clear beliefs method is. It's bringing together all of those techniques that work to change beliefs profoundly and completely. Okay, so there's a couple things I want to break down, but something top of mind first, if, if th- that's a new lingo to somebody, what is multidimensional? Well, we have many dimensions to ourselves. We have our mental sphere, our thoughts. We have our emotional sphere, our feelings. Uh, we have our physical sphere, our sensations, where we're located in space and time. We have our memory, and some and memory's malleable. It can be changed, and so we don't have accurate memory. We have modified memory. 
Uh, we have our relationships. That's a dimension of human nature. We have our language. That's a dimension. Our culture, our religion, uh, our point of view. Uh, these are all different dimensions of, of the human being. And um, I've, I count somewhere around 100 dimensions. <laughs> so when I make a list of them. And so we are complex beings. We're not simple. And we're also all unique. And we all follow the same patterns because we all have beliefs, this infrastructure of the mind at its core. So yeah. that's what I found was the greatest leverage. I, I was asking the question, what's the best leverage for changing a human being? And that was changing multidimensional beliefs based on multidimensional experiences. Okay. And I love that you brought that up. So something we talked about in the pre-call, I, I considered myself years ago a self-help junkie. And like you said, I think you went to over a hundred seminars and workshops, right? So I kept chasing that high. I kept chasing more knowledge, but I wasn't applying what I was learning. And what I found, and, and nothing against him, it was part of my journey, but I, I drank the Kool-Aid. I went all in on Tony Robbins and I attended, it was seven events in nine months. Like he's all about full immersion going all in. And I did. But guess what? I found everybody in that environment loved the high and the energy of the program. And then you're right. Once you get home back into your environment, it's very easy to revert back. And then you're just chasing that next high. So what I found with his work, it, it was very surface level. It wasn't sustainable because it, it was just band-aiding symptoms rather than dealing with the root cause, which is what I'm all about, which I believe is the subconscious, right? Yes. So on that note, for people who have that yo-yo, the back and forth, look, we're coming up upon a new year and the statistics show or what I have read, 92% of people fail at setting New Year's resolutions or setting goals. So it's not that 8% are smarter or better. 8% are doing things differently, right? Yes. So can we talk about, okay, now I just got chills. So can we talk about that idea of, Okay, if I want this sustainable, long-lasting change, I think change can be it's simple. It's not necessarily easy, right? It, I believe it comes down to consistency, clarity, repetition. And here's a question I wanted to ask you. In this idea of breaking the habit of being yourself, do you talk much about the idea of identity shifting? Yes, identity is what we believe about ourselves in simple terms. Yeah. Who do I believe I am? Now, those are pretty core beliefs. Uh, I once was at a party and I was introduced to this man. I said, you know, who are you? And he said, I'm a plumber. Right. And I said, well, that's what you do. But who are you? He said, I'm a plumber. That's all I do. I'm just plumb, plumb, plumb. That's my, I, I'm a plumber. And I realized he had completely identified with his role in life, with his job, and that his identity was his role. But that's not who we are. We're not our role. We're not our relationships. We're not our behavior. We're not our beliefs. We are something much more magnificent than we can even imagine. And when we get to that, that's when transformation happens. When you recognize who you really are at essence, which is beyond your imagining, beyond your beliefs. Yeah. That's, that's when the lights go on and you go, oh my God, I've been living like a puppet in the world with strings attached and the strings are what I built myself with my own beliefs. And yeah. now I can cut my own strings and I can free myself from those old programs and old patterns. 
But my question for you, and and I think I followed, like my soul was, I did the corporate thing for 10 years, a decade, and I hated it. I, I wasn't unfulfilled. I felt trapped. I felt unfulf- um, not happy. I just, and I had a cush job, like I had great money, and but I, I hated it. And that led to hitting snooze every morning and going through life's motions. And, and I complained all the time to my parents. I felt like a hamster on a wheel, Groundhog Day. But if we're so ingrained in the cultural programming and conditioning, and we're so attached to our identity, our race, our age, our culture, um, you know, so many people are, are stuck on their religious, their faith, or they're, you know, I'm Italian and this is the way it is. When we can detach and let all of that go, is that how we can liberate and free ourselves? Yes. And there's two basic directions for change. One is the outside in. I'm going to change my behavior. I'm going to think different thoughts. I'm going to say affirmations. I'm going to exercise every day at the gym. That will make me a different person. And those outside in technologies are partially effective. But if you go to the inside out, if you go to the inside, what's the infrastructure of this pattern? Like, why were you stuck in that job for 10 years? Why didn't you change? What were the beliefs that kept you locked in? I need to keep it. I need to have a job. I need to have money. I need to uh, you know, be a, a, an achiever and all those things. Those are at the core. Those are what's driving your behavior and keeping you the same every day and not allowing you to change. And every time you try to change something from the outside in, let's say you say a new affirmation, I'm wealthy beyond my imagination. Well, your mind is smart and there's all the old beliefs that are still in the subconscious mind. And as soon as you try to install a new belief, the old ones come up and grab you and reassert themselves. You are not. Look at your look at your bank account. Look right. in your checking book. You, you don't have, you are not unlimited wealth. In fact, you're poor. And so until you clear all that old belief out of the way, the new belief can't take. In fact, it just stimulates the old beliefs to come back. And this is why people get stuck in the, in the same routine over and over again, even the same technology that, you know, people say, well, just repeat it over and over again until it works. It doesn't. Because until you clear the infrastructure, yeah. the new belief can't take. We, we talked in the pre-call about my, my analogy of, you know, if you're going to build a new garden, the first thing you have to do is to clear the rocks and weeds out of the soil. Because if you throw your new seeds on rocky, weedy ground, you're not going to get much to grow. But if you take the time to clear the infrastructure, the soil from the interfering patterns, then when you plant your seeds, then they can root, take take form and flower and fruit. So that's the that's the purpose of my my work is to clear out the core stuff that's keeping people stuck, that's keeping them in those endless cycles. And I love the metaphor of a mental garden because I think we're so conditioned to wanting a quick fix. We're impatient. We want instant gratification. And sure, you can come in and try to mow the weeds, right, with affirmations and 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 effort and struggle and and resist and try really hard. Or what you know, I shared with you, I like to say is pull the weeds and plant new seeds. Right. So can we talk about maybe at a high level? Because I imagine it's a very in-depth process, but how I believe the first step is awareness, but I want to hear from you because you teach this and, and have a global audience and teachers. How do we clear beliefs? How do we pull the weeds? How do we 
get unstuck and, and end those cycles? Well, I'll, I'll try to take my five month training and put it into a couple of minutes of okay. synthesis. Yeah. Um, so uh, first of all, you are correct. Awareness is always the first step. You know, in an emergency, apply awareness first. That's my motto. So um, first, you have to become aware of the infrastructure. How does it work? What is it made of? What are the patterns? And then you begin to look at your own patterns and examine your own beliefs, because that's where the real uh, gold is, is in yourself. And so, so in my training, the first thing people do is understand the infrastructure my 20 plus years of research and development, trying to figure out what is the mind made of? what, How does it actually work? How does it function? And so that's the first study. The second study is begin to examine your own beliefs. What do you believe about yourself? What do you believe about other people? What do you believe about your mate? What do you believe about your kids? What do you believe about money? What do you believe about finances? What do you believe about the world and politics and religion? And by documenting those beliefs, you can begin to see the structure that's running your life. And then I have a, a many different processes for clearing that those uh, beliefs. Uh, one is called the belief closet process. And it's an imaginal process where we take people into their subconscious mind and work in the subconscious in a multidimensional way using uh, guided imagery and imagination. And to the brain, there's not a big difference between external reality and imagination. So by using imagination and guided imagery, we can actually change the infrastructure permanently. But it has to be at a multidimensional level. It can't, it's not just a mental process. So you're feeling the belief. You're remembering all the times in your life when you, when you were operating on that belief. The feeling of the belief and, and how it expresses itself. You're, you're understanding where it is in your life. And then when you do the clearing, you're clearing it all out of the way at once and not piecemeal. You're getting the whole thing. And then once that's cleared, then we can install the new belief. What would you prefer to believe? Yeah. One of our philosophies is we don't tell people what to believe. We invite them to create their own beliefs, spectacular beliefs that will really serve them in their life. What would you like to be experiencing in your life and what belief would create that experience? And so then that gets installed with another imaginal process. And when the person comes out of that process, they are different. They're a different person. And they usually come out going, oh my God, the world looks different. So we know that it worked. And we check in with them periodically to make sure it took because some beliefs come in clusters. And so sometimes we have 10 or 15 beliefs that are all clustered together and reinforce each other. And so one of the reasons people get stuck and can't get out of it is because they might clear one belief, but all the rest of them are still there operating and it kind of reattracts that one. But if we clear them one by one, then pretty soon there's no structure holding them together. And then you're free. I'll give you an example. <laughs> I was working with a uh, a psychotherapist who had a very successful practice, successful family. Um, and she said, the thing that keeps me stuck is this feeling something bad's going to happen. And I've, it's been with me my whole life. I've tried everything. Nothing's worked. That's why I'm coming to you. So in, in one session, we found the root of that belief and we cleared it. And she said, I feel different afterwards. I checked with her two months later. And I said, how are you doing? She said, it's amazing. After a lifetime of feeling that dread all the time, I haven't felt it at all. 
in these two months. So wait a minute, I did have the thought about a week ago, something bad's going to happen. And then I realized, oh, I don't believe that anymore. So that's when we know it's gone. That's when we know it's effective is when it's a lasting change that and the belief doesn't come back. And all the techniques that they say you have to do over and over again, it's because it the belief it didn't work in the first place. <laughs> it didn't get cleared in the first place. Well, the word you used, I think, is important to emphasize is to feel. I felt different. And I think if people pay attention to their language and even I think of the body as a check engine light. When something happens, when so for me, stress is very much um, it's tightness in my chest or a lot of times, you know, when people have chronic pains, migraines all the time, they have acid reflux. These are, are trapped emotions and different things. Right. So can we talk about the power of the emotional body and this feeling? Well, I want to make a distinction between emotions, which are words we use to describe particular sensations and experiences, okay. and sensations, which are the actual body, what the body's saying. We have a process called the body wisdom process. It's one of the first uh, techniques that I teach. And that is communicating directly with the body by feeling what the body is feeling, putting your full attention on the sensations without labeling them. You know, someone says, oh, I feel anxious. Well, where does anxious feel like in your body? Where are you noticing it in your body? What's its shape? What's its size? Uh, how heavy is it? What's its temperature? Has it got clear boundaries or fuzzy boundaries? And we keep putting their attention back and back and back on the on the physical sensations. And we use sensation language rather than emotional language. Because as soon as you label an emotion, you're not feeling it anymore. Oh, I'm anxious. Now you're in your mind. You're not in your body anymore. So by bringing the attention back and back, we're actually able to connect directly with the subconscious mind, which is sending those signals to begin with. And then once we're in connection with the subconscious mind, we can actually communicate with it directly. What's your message? What message do you have for me? Okay, that's a powerful distinction. Thank you. Something that's coming to mind, I want to ask you what I see, what I see most often, I have what's called a life assessment on my website, just the major life buckets. And I ask people to rank it one to 10, their happiness. And I'd say the three that I see come across most often that people rank really low are relationships, finances, and probably health. Um, and so I'm curious in your work, what are the commonalities, the blocks, the barriers people wanting more of? What are you seeing? I'd like to make another distinction, if you if you don't mind. Okay. Uh, we talk a lot about happiness, but happiness is not the thing we really want. What we really want is fulfillment. Happiness comes and goes. It's a it's a temporary state that you're you know you feel good and then you don't feel good anymore. But fulfillment is something deep and lasting, and so. What would be a fulfilling life physically in your physical body and your health? I'd feel sleek. I'd feel I'd feel healthy. I wouldn't have any injuries. I'd have good balance. Uh, I'd, I'd eat well. Okay, how do we achieve that state of fulfillment? Because you can get happy by eating a cookie. <laughs> but how do you get fulfilled in your relationship? What would be a fulfilling relationship? It'd be someone that we communicate well and we we love each other. And yeah, we might get into fights once in a while, but we repair quickly. Okay, that's a fulfilling relationship. So happiness is temporary. Fulfillment is, is deep and long term. So it, the, what prevents people from 
achieving fulfillment or happiness in any of those areas is their core beliefs, how they're looking at the world, how they're looking at their partner. Uh, so my, my wife and I teach uh, courses on rela relationship building and relationship sustaining. Uh, and so the beliefs about relationship, like who is this other person? Who, if I If we're in a relationship, I'm going to look at you and see you in a certain way. And that way is going to be limited by what I believe about you. I believe you're a good person. Well, then that doesn't allow me to see your shadow side. You know, uh, I believe you're a, a happy-go-lucky person. Well, that doesn't allow me to appreciate the, the depths of your sadness sometimes. So whatever we believe is a limitation on our perception. And so we're just expanding and expanding and expanding the perceptual apparatus by clearing the beliefs that are causing it to shrink and, and go narrow. And so whether it's in health or life or relationships uh, or, or finances and money, we have to find what's at the core. Can I give you another quick story? You like stories? Yeah. So a multimillionaire came to me and uh, the reason he was a multimillionaire is because he made millions, then he lost millions and he made millions and he lost millions and he was tired of the pattern. And so he came to the subconscious pattern detective wow. and said, what's going on here? Yeah, it took a few sessions, but eventually I got him back to a childhood memory that he didn't remember having before I guided him there. And he was walking on the streets of New York with his mom hand in hand when he was about three years old and he saw a shiny penny on the ground and he reached down to pick it up. And his mother jerked him back and said, don't touch that. It's dirty. And he suddenly realized through that that guided imagery that he couldn't hold on to his money because it was dirty and he shouldn't touch it. So he had to lose it in order to be okay with mom. Yeah. So that's an example of the kind of beliefs that, that happen that are running our life at the subconscious level that are deep and that are not, we're not aware of, but they're running us all the same. Okay. Since you brought up money, I want to bring it because I think that's very tangible and most anybody could relate to money, maybe wanting more. And just like you, I've worked with very financially well-off men, but relationally, mentally, not well, right? Because they, they were driving behavior, trying to prove their worth or whatever. Let's talk about, because I love this one. I remember years ago when I, I, I did a money mindset masterclass training and through my research found out that people who win million dollar jackpots, we're talking like mega millions, Powerball, all of those. I believe the stats were 70% of lottery winners blow it all within three to five years. Um, so it's, I, I it's higher than that. Actually, it's closer to 85 or 90%. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. That's even more mind blowing. So let's, let's go with that one. 80 to 90% of people. So pretty much all of them blow it all. They self-sabotage this huge winning. Why would they do that? There's a number of reasons. And again, it's not a simple answer. You have to look deeply into the subconscious mind. A person who grows up without money forms certain beliefs about money. Yeah. Want it, I don't have it. Okay. Now that's a belief that's going to run that person for their whole, their whole life, whether they have money or not. Um, but they also have social beliefs. Like I belong to a certain class mm. of people. Mm. Now suddenly I'm different. But one of the deep core beliefs for human beings is I need to belong, which yeah. means I need to be like other people. Ugh. So if I'm if I grew up in poverty and I suddenly have money, 
now I'm separate, I'm different, I'm I could be ostracized, I could be thrown out of my community, people are going to want stuff from me, I'll just give it away so I don't have to experience that. So that's just one of thousands of beliefs that a person could have that would cause that to happen. The yeah. need to belong, the the patterns of of money. First of all, a person without money is not educated on how to save money or invest money. And so they don't have the skill either because certain things like money are skill-based. We need to have the knowledge and the practice and build a skill so that we can manage money well. Uh, many of my students are coaches and they come and they say, well, I'm not good at marketing. I say, well, have you studied marketing? No. Have you practiced marketing and learned from your mistakes? No. Do you have a mentor that will help that have, has going to help you learn about marketing? No. Well, how can you say you're bad at marketing? It's really the lack of the skill. You don't. You haven't built the skill, and that's what you need to focus on. Because if you want to be good with money, build the skill of being good with money. Yeah, I'm curious if you've ever heard this. Um, I think her, yeah, Regan Hillier. I believe she's an Aussie. No, she's a Kiwi. She's from New Zealand. But Regan talks about expanding our money container. Another, I've heard Ed Milet explain it as a thermostat. So if our set point at 75 degrees is $100,000 income, that's our set point, our belief system, our habits, whatever, our environment. And, and things get better then, that's when the self-sabotage comes in because we haven't up-leveled our, our set point or our money container. Is, does that make sense? Sure, it does. And uh, most of the people who come to me with money problems, when I ask how much did your father earn or did your parents earn, it's pretty close to what they're earning. Yeah. And they might have gone a little bit beyond it, but not far beyond it. Mm -hmm. Because that's, we learn from the patterns of our parents. We're growing up in a economic system yeah. with economic beliefs. And that's how much money we have. And that's what's appropriate. And that's what's good and natural. And that's what mom and dad had. So it must be okay. This is a complex mind that we're dealing with that's that's accumulating knowledge from everywhere, uh, from the time we're born. Actually, even in the womb, we begin to accumulate this experience and, and conclusions. Yeah. So we have to take it apart. Every person has a different combination of beliefs. It's not so simple as everybody's got a thermostat and it's set at this point. A lot of people do. That's true. But not everybody. We have to work individual by individual with their unique set of beliefs, their unique structure of the, of the belief system, and find out what's what's got them stuck. And then we can make progress. Here's what I want to ask you, since this is a complex topic, but I really want to inspire and motivate people that no matter your current circumstances, wherever you are in your health, your finances, your relationships, productivity, wherever you're at, you can go from a high achiever to a super achiever. You can have the quantum leaps and shifts. And, you know, Abraham Hicks, I love Abe, always says that we can have, be, and do anything we desire, but we have to align, right? The conscious mind and subconscious, we've got to get them in alignment. So I'd love to hear from you. Is there a practical application? Somebody, what can they start with today? Um, in all of my eBooks, I include a, an exercise called belief self-diagnosis. And it basically takes you through a process of look, looking at, examining, and documenting your beliefs in every area of life in the same way that you have your wheel of happiness. I've got a wheel of beliefs. 
So what are your beliefs about yourself? What are your beliefs about your abilities? What are your beliefs about your limitations? What are your beliefs about your relationships and and the world and politics and religion and God and um, and money and finance? So by doing the process and documenting the beliefs and getting them out on paper from the subconscious mind, using awareness to examine them, yeah. talking to the subconscious mind, and the technique is simple. You say, something I believe about money is, and then you listen to your mind and you hear uh, money doesn't grow on trees. So you write that down, money doesn't grow on trees. And then you say the statement again, something else I believe about money is there's not enough. And I write down, there's not enough. So that's the technique. And you can apply this to any area of life and begin to see your mind in front of you on paper and go, wow, that's the structure of my unique mind. Those are the beliefs I have that that I need to start working on. So what comes to, I'm so visual, what came to mind when you just explained that was like, you're getting all pen to paper. So you're now aware of your current blueprint. But then what would the next step be in creating something that people come to me a lot, they lack clarity. And my thing is, if you don't know where you're going, you'll never get there. So what is lacking clarity is a symptom, right? Indeed. It's a symptom of limitations. Okay. So if someone lacks clarity, what's the real problem? The real problem is that they don't have vision, that their vision is blocked uh, because of their beliefs. So they can't imagine something greater than they have because their their beliefs are all you have is what you have and you there's nothing more for you. Mm. That's an example of a belief. I'm I'm not saying everybody has a single belief because everybody has different beliefs, different formations of that belief, different experiences that form the belief. And so that's why it's a unique one-on-one process. Yeah. Um, but when a person doesn't have clarity, sometimes they can't make a decision. Uh, and there's lots of reasons for that because decide comes from the Latin sede, which is also insecticide and genocide. It means to cut off. And some people don't want to cut off mm. any possibilities so they can't decide because when you decide one thing, you're cutting off everything else. Mm. So that's another symptom. So it, again, it depends on the person. There's so many factors that can go into a person who doesn't have clarity. It's not simple. It's not one thing. Everybody's unique. And that's what makes us magnificent as beings is that we're all unique. We have it. We have the same infrastructure, but right. what gets laid on that infrastructure is that person's unique life, their unique life experiences, the parents they had, how their parents treated them and each other. They learned what love is by watching their parents treat each other. And then they go looking for love and repeat the patterns. Yeah. So, so in, in every area of life, it's like you have to examine your own structure so that you can begin clearing it and then open new possibilities again and again and again until you're free. So if we go back to that example of awareness and getting it all out so we can understand our current blueprint and go, whoa, I, I didn't even realize that. What's the second step to get started on the new infrastructure? I have a program called Clear Your Beliefs, which uses one of the 20 techniques I teach in my training to coaches and therapists and healers. But it's one of the prime techniques uh, that enables you to clear one belief at a time uh, by going through a guided imagery process that I take you through on audio. And you can keep using it over and over and over again. One person said, um, I said, I said, how how are you doing on the program? He said, well, I've, I've cleared 200 beliefs. Wow. And I said, how do you feel? He said, I'm a completely different person. Yeah. All the stuff that was in my way before is gone. 
I'm now able to just decide things and do them and there's nothing standing in my way. So how hard do you want to work to clear yourself? <laughs> uh, we also have a coaching program that helps people do that uh, one on with one-on-one -on -one coaching. Well, and just realizing it's a journey. There is no destination. Just one day, you know, we don't wake up. Um, and But how can on this note, because I don't want this to feel overwhelming or like, oh my God, it's going to take years. How can we help make it fun and realize when you do this work, what's possible for you? Oh, I love that question. Um, actually, anything is possible. If any, if anyone has ever done anything that we have a documented history for, yeah. that means you could do it too. Now, it doesn't mean you're going to instantly be able to do it because a lot of those are skill-based things. So you have to study and practice. That's the only way to build a skill. But you can, if you study and practice enough, you will build a skill. So you want to play the violin, study and practice. You want to build brick walls, study and practice. You want to become a philosopher, study and practice. That's the only way we build new skills. Yeah. So you first have to clear the junk that prevents you from building the skills. And yeah. then you build the skills and then you can create what you want in your life. But it's yeah. not its not just imagine that you have money and then it'll come. It's not sit and meditate and a bag of money will fall on your head. its It's a process of clearing what's in your way and then applying yourself to actually build the skills and take the action that's required to make it happen. I love that note because you're right. When we find evidence and th then we create belief, it's possible. If it's possible, as an example, Sarah Blakely, she's the founder of Spanx. I love her. She has high energy, self-made billionaire from a $5,000 startup when she started Spanx. Was that easy? No, but she has proved it's possible when you stay consistent. She had a clear vision. She believes in manifestation. She's showing up for herself. She's surrounding herself with like-minded people. She had a why to support women. And now she has provided evidence. If you wanted to be a billionaire, you could. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. We live in a free society, at least those of us in Western societies. Uh, and there are no limitations. In other countries, there are real limitations. There's external limitations. You know, mm -hmm. women can't drive or women have to wear the burqa or, you know, or or you're poor and you'll never get rich or, you know, the economy's failed or it's a failed state or there's another country bombing your country. You know, these are real external limitations. We have to deal with those, too. Those are reality. Yeah. Um, but we can find workarounds if we have enough freedom to do so. Yes. There's stories of people in poverty who've risen to greatness because they didn't let their previous programming stand in their way. But it takes, action, it takes practice, action. Yeah. You have to do the thing. It's not just a matter of saying the affirmation and magic happens. That's BS. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you. Okay. I would love to know if you could walk us through what are some of your daily rituals or practices um, that keep you going. Cause I, I mean, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm human. I have days when I feel unmotivated and I have days when I don't feel like it, but if I continue letting those habits drive me, then I'm, I'm not going to be on path. Right. So I'm curious, what are you doing to help you stay forward, focused, course, correct, um, and, and do the work that you believe you're here to do? Well, the first practice that I have, and probably the best practice I have is remembering who I am. And that means remembering not just this physical body, not just the mental body or the emotional body, but the whole self. Yeah. 
And from the whole self, I know I'm unlimited and that I could choose within that unlimited palette of possibilities, I can choose and take action. And so that's my primary practice is remembering. And then I, when I remember to exercise, I exercise. <laughs> when I remember to eat healthy, I eat healthy. So how much can I remember? How much can I be awake to this moment and bring all of me with me to this moment? Yeah. So, and then whenever I notice a belief, I clear the belief out of the way. So that, that's a constant process because we have tens of thousands of beliefs and they come up in different circumstances and with different people. You know, you could be in one relationship and things go badly and you'd be in another relationship and things go badly again. That means it's not the, the person, it's not the relationship, it's you. You got to yeah. look at your own patterns and find out what's creating that situation. So taking responsibility as the creator of my life is another practice, yeah. which is like, okay, if I don't like something that's happening. I'm responsible for changing it. If it's an external circumstance, like I don't like politics, then I have to take action in politics. I can't just imagine that I have a new president uh, that I that I like better. I have to go out and take action, become an activist. So that's just as important. Do you want to change yourself? It's one thing. Changing other people, not likely. <laughs> changing the world, a lot of hard work, right? Yeah. So, so let's find out what you want to change and then get into action about it. Yes. Here's what I want to ask you, because I feel like we touched on a lot and we really probably could talk for hours. We could, what is yes. One key takeaway you want listeners to get. If you don't like what you're experiencing, look into your beliefs mm. and find out what do you believe about that experience. If you don't like something in your relationship, examine your beliefs about relationship and about that person. If you don't like your job or you don't like your financial situation, look at what you believe about that and begin examining your beliefs. To me, it's the greatest leverage point of any technique I've ever tried, and I've tried thousands, yeah. is, to be, is to really look and see what is my mind made of? How am I seeing the world? What are the filters I'm looking through? Mm -hmm. Because once I discover that, then changing them is an, not an easy next step, but it is the next step. And learning a technique like the clear beliefs process yeah. or some other technique that works that clears beliefs multidimensionally, then you just begin the hard work of digging through the soil, digging through the septic tank of our psychology yeah. and finding the gems and clearing out the junk. And then you can live a freer and freer life. It's a, it's a long lifelong process. Yes. But preach, because when you do this work, then, I mean, you open yourself up to infinite potentialities. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I was I was just gifted with a with a governmental agency who came to me and they said we want to bring your technology into our government agency, and that's a huge gift of life that presented itself without me doing anything. Trying, but, but yeah, except you know, 20, thirty years of hard work. You know, that's all it took. Right. Well, yeah, those overnight successes took how many? <laughs> yeah, overnight. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Okay. I'd love to wrap up the interview. So I have a few rapid fire questions for you. Go for it. What is a quote or motto that you live by? Examine your beliefs <laughs> and, and wake up, wake the fuck up is one of right? my, uh, one of oh, my favorite things. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. I am with you. What is a book you're currently reading or highly recommend on this topic? 
Uh, I'm, well, I'm currently reading a book called Mobilizing by Chauncey Bell. And Chauncey was someone I knew back 30 years ago. And I'm now taking a workshop with him. And it's about how do we mobilize people, groups of people, societies to change? Uh, mm. That's a particular topic I'm interested in right now. Uh, because we talk about motivating. How do you motivate someone? Do you put a carrot in front of them or beat them on the back and get them to move forward? But how do you mobilize them from the inside out? How do you find out what's, how do you get them to awaken to their own possibility and start taking action? Awesome. All right. Final question. What advice would you give your younger self? How young? (laughs) Whatever comes to mind. Um, I'll I'll share an interesting experience as part of the answer to that question. Uh, I was in my 20s, early 20s, and I was having a hard time in a relationship. And I was crying about it. And I was in a bathroom crying. And suddenly I felt a presence behind me. And I turned around to to understand what was that presence. And I realized it was my older self coming back to comfort me. And that's when I realized that we actually can go back to our younger selves and advise them, support them, heal them, and 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 help them through the hard times. And so we do a process that psychology calls memory reconsolidation, which is actually going back into memory and changing what happened in memory, because what happened is how we created our beliefs. So um, I've done lots of that work of going back to my younger self, but to my youngest self, I tell him, you're okay. There's nothing wrong with you. You're actually an amazing human being that has infinite potential. And I'm going to be here to support you your entire life. That's what I would tell my younger self. And that's what I tell every child that I meet and see and get to play with. Yeah. And such a great message. Lion, thank you so much for joining me and having this conversation. You're very welcome, Heather. It's been total gas. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. I'd love it if you could leave me a review and remember to subscribe and share this episode with your friends. If you haven't yet, connect with me on the social platforms. You can add me on Instagram at heather.hakes and subscribe to my YouTube channel. I'll catch you on the next episode.